Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hello, everybody. And maybe you read it on Facebook, maybe you saw it on Facebook Live, but today is a really special show for me. Personally, today, five years ago today, I had my first broadcast in the LA Talk Live studios and that represents 245 episodes. There were times when I did a repeat episode so I'm not counting those in that number. I have 245 individual shows that I've done over these five years and it has been a pleasure for me and I'm really excited to share the wonderful work that the Boys and Girls Clubs are doing today. My guests today are Mary Hewitt She's the Executive Director of the Los Angeles County Alliance for the Boys and Girls Club, and I'd like to welcome you to the show, Mary. Thanks for having me, Marcia, and congratulations on your five-year anniversary. Oh, thank you so much. And joining Mary is Denzel Perry, and Denzel knows what it means to be part of the Boys and Girls Club and wait till you hear his story. Welcome to the show, Denzel. No, thank you so much, Marcia, and again, congratulations for five amazing years. Thank you. So, Mary, you and I met through our local LAX Coastal Chamber of Commerce, which is a great place to connect, and I, I'm glad that I was able to meet you. And I thought maybe you could spend some time telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? You know, just let us get to know you a little bit. Sure. I grew up in Hawaii, but I was born in Fullerton, California, and when I was about one, we moved to uh, Oahu, Kailua, and uh, when I was a junior in high school, I moved to, we moved to Seattle, where I finished high school, went to Central Washington University, and received my undergraduate degree in mass communications and broadcasting with a minor in political science, and three years later, went to Washington, D.C., where I spent almost 14 years working on Capitol Hill and for three administrations, and I also worked in television news there, so I always somehow had my relationship with news and uh, and journalism, and uh, then moved out here to wonderful Marina Del Rey in the end of 2001. So it's been a it's been an incredible journey. <laughs> I guess it has, and gosh, is there a book in there, Mary? <laughs> it sounds like you I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, who's got time, right? But it seems like it would be a great book. It would, seems like it would be a really great book. And Denzel, you know firsthand about the Boys and Girls Clubs. But before I have you share your remarkable story, because you, my friend, are a storyteller, I'd like Mary to tell us just a little bit about the history of the Alliance for the Los Angeles County so we understand what it is that she does. So what sure. is your mission, Mary? So the the mission of the of the law, of the alliance is really to serve and work on behalf 
of the Los Angeles Boys and Girls Clubs. There's 20 of them. And it was created back in 1998 by two funders who saw the need for putting a metaphorical bow around all of the clubs to help raise visibility, membership, as well as provide a financial stipend every quarter so that the clubs had that, that financial boost uh, from another resource. All of the clubs are a 501c3 as well as the LA County Alliance and the Alliance focuses on bringing marketing, uh, obviously fundraising, special events and state-of-the-art programs to the clubs as well as in-kind resources and things like that so that we're kind of added value if you will to all of the clubs. Mm-hmm. I, I can I can hear that and you are the executive director of that so I'm sure you are a very busy woman, but highly experienced. And I'm telling you, there's a book in there, so don't don't underestimate <laughs> that. Okay, so Denzel, you have a remarkable story to tell, and you and I had the opportunity to get to know each other last week. And I, you could just, you've got the book, my friend, and maybe we'll be talking about that in a little later into the show. But I thought you could take us on the journey that, that had you become a member of the Boys and Girls Club, what what is your story? Yes, uh, definitely, Marcia. Um, so I grew up in Compton and Watts, um, which I, for the first half of my life I lived in the Watts Arms, which is a low income low income housing projects right in the heart of Watts. Um, and then we moved to Compton um, later on in my elementary school years. And so the Boys and Girls Club literally was my saving haven, uh, safe haven. Uh, my mom dropped out of school, at, out of high school at the age of 16 when she had my older sibling and went back to school at the age of 28 to get her high school diploma. And so my mom actually did that. And we often ask her, why did she do it? And she said, because she didn't want me or my siblings to have an excuse of why we couldn't. Um, but the club literally, while my mom was working two full-time jobs and going to school, she needed a place for us to go, a place for us to be after school, a place for us to be on the weekends, um, during the summer. And it was just, where was that neighborhood place? Um, so most of my friends was putting on Boys and Girls Club shirts during the summer and going to the local club. Um, I wasn't yet old enough to attend, so I was about five years old, and um, you had to be six. At, or I was six years old. You had to be seven at that particular clubhouse. And so I borrowed my cousin's shirt, uh, slipped it on, and slipped straight into the door. Um, <laughs> and literally, it was the best decision um, I ever made. And my mom still made it a point just for me to be a part of it. Um, the club was the place where you know I found my voice, where I found uh, my home away from home, uh, where I had individuals that believed in me. Um, I was diagnosed, uh, misdiagnosed as a kid um, because I didn't say my first words until the age of six. Um, and the club is often where I say I found my voice. Um, the club staff had really saw potential in me that I yet didn't see in myself. And in addition to that, I remember two particular things when I can sum up my club experience. The first thing was in the sixth grade, I had a teacher um, at Empire's Middle School named Ms. Singh who told me every single day that I was stupid, dumb, and would never accomplish anything in life. And I often wonder what was that change, and it was the Boys and Girls Club staff telling me the complete opposite, right? They were telling me how smart I am, what I can accomplish, that the world was at my fingertips, and not only telling me that, but they helped me believe it. Um, The second thing I say was a, a defining moment for the club came when I was a little bit older, when I was in middle school. Um, I want to say eighth or ninth grade, um, I was walking to the candy store and some gang members drove up to us, uh, to me and my younger brother, and began to shoot towards us. 
Um, so we ran literally with our blood rushing towards the club gates, and the club staff actually ran out and risked their own lives in order to protect ours. And so those two particular moments made me a reconfirmed idea that if I wasn't a part of the club or if the club wasn't a part of my life, um, I wouldn't be the person I am, neither or I wouldn't be here today. Uh, so the club meant everything, and I think um, the last thing I'll share about just my experience within the club uh, was just the idea that it was so many staff at the club who taught me how to shave, taught me how to wear a tie, taught me, took me to go buy my first suit. Um, it was all these particular things that the club was really doing to kind of help impact uh, not only my life, but really show me and show every kid in our community um, that we have control over our own destinies. Well, anybody that's listening to this show now has, if you're not wiping your eyes, you're at least recognizing an incredible speaker that you are and representative and equally important is how the Boys and Girls Clubs changed your life. I so wish I could go back and find that sixth grade teacher and say to her, really, you made a big mistake, but thank God the staff at the Boys and Girls Club did not buy that, and you yeah. didn't buy that. It could have gone so different. You could have worn that shingle around your neck and never aspired to be anybody but somebody that she thought was stupid. I'm, 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 I'm pleased that you shared the story, but it's heartbreaking to think that somebody in education could be so cruel, and I, I just find that just horrible and thank god that those boys and girls staff people actually took a bullet now they were not they were not shot right they did not take they didn't get hurt is that true um that's true yes oh good well i'm i'm very glad to know that but isn't it interesting how as a 6 year old and finding your voice as you mentioned that you went all the way to learning how to groom yourself as a young man and to become that young man uh, it's wow it's pretty remarkable um, I told you everybody this is going to be a good show Um, Mary let me ask you this who who does the alliance serve you mentioned that there are 20 clubs in the LA County but who who does the alliance serve so both the club and and the youth so Everything that the Alliance does either benefits both the club and the youth or one or the other. But everything that we do, we work on behalf of making, you know, making the clubs better if we can, bringing more resources, bringing more money, whatever we can do to help the clubs serve our youth as best as they can. And they already do a stellar job, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But we are there to bring added value, and and that really is is the crux of it that's terrific what are the ages um of the kids um you mentioned um denzel mentioned that that now i i believe you have to be is it is it seven is what is yeah it's six to eighteen but some clubs do accept youth that are five years of age okay all right and it's kind of interesting to know oh go ahead good no 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 go finish your thought please I was just going to say it's interesting to note that some of the clubs do have have 
a lot of teens. Some have more kids that skew on the younger side. It really varies from club to club. And we have over 138 club sites in L.A. County, and we serve over 130,000 youth. Okay, so excuse my confusion. So you have you said you have 138 club sites, and you yes. serve how many? Over 130,000 youth. Okay, um, so how does that, what is that, What? so what were the 20 clubs that you mentioned up at the top of the hour? Is, so is that each a, club, let's take, for example, say L.A. Harbor, which is San Pedro. So L.A. Harbor, uh-huh. the anchor, uh, there's an anchor club, and then they are in, let's say, uh, 10, 10 LAUSD schools, and they have five community centers that they also operate programs. Uh, Burbank has like 25 club sites, and it and some uh, bleed into uh, Glendale, for instance. So we're in the the majority of the LAUSD schools. We're in over 88 cities. I think it's like 100 unincorporated cities. So with that said, we will serve youth wherever we can to offer our programs to better their lives and offer them access and opportunity to a better education and and char- characteristics that will, you know, carry them through life, leadership, um, you know, empathy, all of those things that the clubs really do focus on to make sure that the kids are better citizens and take advantage of a great future. So it really really varies, and I can understand how it would be confusing. So the clubs are geographically very spread apart, as north as uh, Antelope Valley, Lancaster, Palmdale. I think they have 18 sites, and then you go uh, to as far – east as uh, west as Malibu and then east as Pomona and then we have five clubs downtown we're south Santa Monica Venice and then you go down to San Pedro and uh, so we have clubs everywhere where we want to expand and serve as many kids as we can and especially where they need us the most sure is there a cost if you have a child that goes to the boys and girls club is there a fee for that so we don't do fee for service generally and uh, the clubs really vary in cost. For instance, a summer session, which could be from May to August, for example, could be $250 because there's costs such as transportation, field trips, things like that. And the, and because it's summer, would go from, say, 8 a.m. till 7.30, 8 p.m. Uh, some of the clubs, it's $20 for the whole year. Uh, the clubs will not turn away a youth if they cannot pay the fee regardless of what it is, we've never turned away a child to uh, be a member of the Boys and Girls Clubs. That's that's really great because I would imagine in some cases um, that that additional expense may be more than um, a family or single parent could, could afford, and yet they know that their children are safe. And it's interesting because um, uh, so Boys and Girls Clubs during the school year is basically an after-school program. Is it a before-school and after-school, or just after-school during the school year? After-school, and generally the kids get there any time between two and and three fifteen, I would say. And uh, there's structure, so the kids go to the club and they have power hour, which is where mentors and volunteers help the youth with their homework. After they're done with that, they have usually a veritable plethora of opportunity to take a class, for instance, in the arts. It could be dance. It could be sculpting. It could be 3D animation. It could be um, 
speaking, it could be being a radio disc jockey, it could be, you know, STEM, it could be music, playing instruments, uh, recording studio. The, most of the clubs have, have phenomenal resources and programs for the kids, and uh, they they I would say most of the kids take full advantage of these awesome programs that are offered, and uh, there's such a huge range, sports, fitness, health, uh, nutrition, cooking. It's, it's amazing. That's that's fabulous, um, Denzel. So you you went there as a very young young child, and I presume that you stayed with the Boys and Girls Club through through your seventeenth or eighteenth birthday. Were you there the, the entire time of your youth? Um, yes, and even for half of my so far adulthood as well. Uh, so after I graduated high school. Uh, my club executive director at the time promised me when I was a kid because I wanted to be a club staff. Um, he said, well, when you graduate high school, he was like, come talk to me. So he let me work there as like a team staff most of my high school years um, to help me just bring in income to help support just me and my family and things of that nature. Um, but it's actually pretty interesting because on my 18th birthday, he had a club staff shirt for me and a uh, job application and said, fill this out, you start tomorrow. Um, so most of my wow. childhood, all my entire childhood, and then most of my adulthood as well. <laughs> Isn't that, I mean, talk about a home away from home, right? I mean, that's tr- tremendous. Um, I know that, I know a lot about you, but people listening don't. And I'd just be curious to know, how do you think that the club actually impacted you to become the man that you are today? Because um, you've had quite an interesting life. I would say the the biggest thing that the club has done to just help transform me into the man I am today um, will be the biggest thing is when I was younger, I remember as a kid, the club staff used to do so much for me um, in every single area. So I had like Ms. Jones, who used to force me to do my homework and help me study and mm-hmm. things of that nature, um, but also as a staff member that um, let me start working for her at 14 years old, and I was doing all of her computer work and things of that nature for her and taught me some really cool skills. Um, I would say the biggest thing that they did to help transform my life is that I always wonder why did they do all these things for me. Um, and I remember sitting down uh, with one of my club staff, and they had told me that, you know, anything that we can do to help you become successful in life, we will do it. The only thing we want in return is for you to reach back and help at least one other person. And that really helped transform what my decision was to do for the rest of my life. Every part of work that I've been able to do in my adulthood has been back trying to give back and help at least one other person. Um, so it really helped instill in me at a young age this idea of giving back and understanding if I'm able to give back, if I'm able to help someone else do a similar journey um, that I experienced, then I'm continuing on that legacy and investment that my club staff provided to me. Um, and I think in addition to that, they just taught me how to believe in myself. They taught me how to care. Um, when Mary was talking about um, club membership, it is so true that, you know, club staff, no club kid will ever be turned away uh, for the cost of membership. I was a kid that our membership was $20 a year, um, and I didn't have it some years. And I remember sneaking past the front desk thinking I was going to get in trouble for not having my membership. And literally when I got older, Ms. Jones um, sat me down and said, you know, your membership was paid every single year. And I looked, I said, are you sure? And Zena was like, yeah, we paid it for you every single year. So she was, um, you were sneaking in, but you really didn't have to. Your membership was covered. Um, <laughs> so it was those particular things where, you know, I always wonder, I thought I was getting over and I really wasn't. <laughs> 
that's 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 well, you didn't know, right? But I think what I think what's also remarkable about you is what you've done with your education. Why don't you tell people about your education? It's pretty remarkable. Uh, absolutely. Um, so I think um, when thinking about education, I'll start from like childhood, literally. Uh, because mm-hmm. I was in special education um, a couple of years throughout my elementary school years, um, just because I was um, behind on my reading level, um, I didn't speak until my sixth grade. Until I'm sorry, until I was six years old, so I had to literally catch up on um, kind of learning and just understanding how I learn. Um, so I ended up going from there to I remember my freshman year of high school, I had a 1.2 GPA. Um, so I was literally stuck. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and I wasn't really thinking about college. And so the club literally went through like this aggressive tutoring and helping and homework. And I think more importantly than anything, accountability and making holding me accountable to my academics um, to and allowing me to graduate high school, um, literally graduate high school with honors. And in addition to graduating high school with honors, um, being accepted to every school um, I applied to besides my dream school, which is San Jose State. Um, but every school such as UC Irvine, um, UCLA, Stanford. So every school I applied to, I was admitted to um, besides my dream school. So I'm still kind of hurt about that. <laughs> but, um, wow. So wait, so <laughs> let me interrupt you. So of all the schools you just mentioned, including UCLA and Stanford, San Jose was your dream school? San Jose was my dream school, yes. That was the first school I was able to step foot on a college campus was um, – was San Jose State. Um, There's this UC Berkeley used to do a college tour where they will take um, kids from inner city communities up to um, the Bay Area for a week long college tour. Um, and San Jose State was the first college campus I ever stood, stepped foot on. And so oh, it literally gosh. became my, my eyesight and I said, I want to be here. I see myself here. Oh my gosh. Okay. So. Let me ask you this, because my my uh, the hair is standing up on the back of my neck. <laughs> what year what year was that that you stepped on that San Jose campus? Um, that was in two thousand, I believe two thousand and ten. It was my sophomore, junior year of high school. Okay. So two thousand eleven, two thousand ten, the end of two thousand ten. I should have really. Math was never my subject. I should have recognized <laughs> that that wasn't. But here's why I asked. Because my son had the exact same experience. He didn't even care where else he applied. He knew he wanted to go to San Jose State. And that's where he got his undergraduate degree. And he loved it there. Um, That's so interesting. Off the air, we'll have to have a conversation about San Jose State (laughs) because, I mean, I think, you know, people listen, San Jose State and Stanford, let me think. But there's a money thing that's involved in that as well. (laughs) So where where did you actually get your undergrad degree? Uh, So when I graduated high school, I ended up going off to UC Irvine for criminology. I thought I was going to be a criminal, uh, criminal defense attorney. Um, and the main reason being that for that is because out of my five best friends, four of them are deceased, and the fifth one is serving a 10-year sentence in jail. And so I wanted to be able to change those circumstances for um, other kids, so that's why I chose criminology. Um, into um, my undergraduate degree, I really thought about it and said, hey, what else can I do? How else can I impact um, people? So I ended up then going to Menlo College in the Bay Area, um, got a degree in human resource management, um, a BS in HR. 
And then from there, I'm actually now back on a law school track. So I'm back in law school, actually. So I'm now at Pepperdine School of Law, um, working on my law degree. Oh, my God. I wish, when I was in the studio back in the day, I had a sound man, and he would have been playing the clapping sound right now. Congratulations <laughs> that you are thank you, thank I'm serious. You. I don't have that capability. Um, and, and you do work um, in HR for Target, correct? That is, that is your yes. employment, and you're going to law school at Pepperdine. Gee, you're not too busy. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so I'm going to go back. I'm going to bounce the ball over to you. I'm going to hit the ping pong ball back over the net to you, Mary. You mentioned a few of the programs, and I thought that you might just just focus on a couple. In particular, I'd like to hear about the Teen Summit, and I'd like to hear about the Youth of the Year. Could you tell us a little bit about those two programs? Sure, and and I just want to jump tracks for a second and mention the fact that Denzel mentioned how his it became a home away from home, the, the club did, and we hear that all the time from most of the kids, all of the kids that are Youth of the Year nominees will tell you that it became their safe place, it became their place of change, their place of support. And and truly, I, I think that what really makes the Boys and Girls Clubs fantastic, there's over 4,100 across the country. We serve over 4 million kids, but every single club I've ever been to across the country will tell you, the kids will tell you, this is my home away from home. I feel like I get the special treatment, and I think the staff is the special sauce. And when Denzel's talking about the impact and the, and the attention that he received from the staff, that is not unusual. And I think it's more the norm than the exception. And I think that not everybody says, has as as amazing story as Denzel, and he's truly unique and driven and, and personable and, and has all these fabulous qualities. But I think that the clubs really do – I, I think we don't ever tout it enough, the incredible impact they have on these kids. And Youth of the Year, which Denzel was a, a national Youth of the Year in 2012, Youth of the Year is, is, a, is a program that's been around for over 125 years, and it's a national program. And each club across the country, each club, all 20 from, from L.A. County, will nominate one outstanding youth. And sometimes there's dozens of, of kids that want to be that club's youth of the year. They go through a very arduous process of having to apply, write essays. They go through interviews. They have to, have to answer questions as to why they want to be the youth of the year for that club. And it's based on... The whole thing is, is predicated on academic excellence, leadership, being a role model for their peers, health and fitness, uh, community service, and uh, and things like that. So these kids are so driven. They want to be – they're a role model for their peers. They have character. They, they're very uh, driven and know what they want. And most of them have a very solid plan. And if they don't, they have those characteristics and attributes that will will help them be successful anyway, no matter what they do. And we do encourage college and and, uh, lifelong learning and things like that, pursuit of learning. But Youth of the Year is is an amazing process. And, Marcia, you should be a judge. I'm recruiting you right now for next year. (laughs) I would like, you know what, Mary, I would really, I would like I when I wasn't when I was 
what they call in those days the stay-at-home mom. I was that parent leader in the schools. I have a lot of experience working in the schools as a volunteer from the elementary school straight through the high school. I, I, when I worked at the YMCA, we had a youth in government program. I'm, I'm a, I'm a supporter of youth, and I would be honored, and I would love the opportunity to talk with you about that because that's right up my alley. I, I would love that. And I'm looking, I would like to just direct people right now, just just as I'm thinking about this, because frankly, I'm looking at your website, and I'm looking at the 220, the 2020 Youth of the Year winners. Um, for those of you that are listening, and I'll repeat this again at the end, to to find the information about the Los Angeles County Alliance for Boys and Girls Club, you basically just need to go to Great Future and I, it's, it's futures. I, let me just say it correctly so I don't blow this because I want to say it properly. So you want to go to the www.greatfutures, that's a plural, la.org, greatfuturesla.org, and you can read more about this. But I think that this is, I don't think, I mean, I worked at the Y. I, I don't think I knew about the Boys and Girls Clubs and the things that you're talking about I, I know some people associated with Boys and Girls Clubs, particularly the Santa Monica one, but I wasn't really aware of the programs that you offer. And tell me tell me a little bit about the Teen Summit. What is that all about? Sure. So Teen Summit was something that, uh, let's see, I've been in this job eight years now, and uh, we kind of resuscitated it. It had been it had been on hiatus for a few years, and we brought it back. And we had the we had five out of the um, last seven at UCLA on their campus, and we generally would have anywhere from 850 youth to a thousand, and it was for ages 14 to 18. And the focus was college and career readiness. So we would have motivational speakers, we would have panels on different industries, we would have all types of technology and STEM exhibits for the kids to that were interactive for the kids to try. We had booths from different nonprofits and different resources for the kids to access. And it was just something that just got bigger and bigger every year. And last year, we decided to tie it to our workforce development program called CoLab, and we had it with one of our major partners, ABC7, and we had it at their studio. And actually, Denzel was one of our uh, one of our speakers. So not only was it Youth of the Year, and he was also, I believe, Denzel, you want to talk about being a judge for Youth of the Year this year? <laughs> now that you've come full circle. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, it was for sure one of the probably hardest tasks that I ever had to do in my adult life, <laughs> but probably the most rewarding. And I would say the reason it's um, probably been the most rewarding uh, for a couple of different reasons. Number one, it's an amazing opportunity where the kids have been prepping and getting ready for this very moment. Um, when I went through the Youth of the Year program, um, it started off, I saw a picture in our Connections magazine um, saying uh, with the 20, I believe it was like 2011 or 2010 Youth of the Years, and I remember running to my executive director and saying, hey, how do I get on the cover of this magazine? I wasn't thinking about the program. <laughs> I was thinking, like, how do I get on the cover? <laughs> and so, you know, he uh, ended up walking me through the Youth of the Year process um, and allowed me to compete for it and go through the process and you know, the the club staff always said we we're all winners, and that's such a true statement because I competed my first year. 
um, and then competed again my second year. And the second year is when I was able to go all the way. Um, but every single stage of that um, competition, I met and built relationships with so many people from across the country. And being a part of the, a judge for this year's Youth of the Year program allowed me to give back. And that same thing that I said earlier around, hey, reach back and help someone else, is that opportunity I got to reach back and come full circle and share, listen to the kids' stories, have conversations with them, and just reward them for all the amazing work that each of the 20 Youth of the Year nominees and so many other peers within their clubs are doing not only for their families, for their homes, but more importantly also, not more importantly, just as important, for their communities and essentially our greater world. Um, I heard at one point um, that youth is 20% of our 20% of our population, but 100% of our future. And looking at the youth of the years, um, being a judge for the youth of the year process, I can see that that 100% of our future is extremely bright. And also, what's know. really interesting. Hmm. What's really interesting is that so our youth of the year get scholarship money. We give them swag bags that are filled with all kinds of goodies and gift cards that we get from all of our different partners and sponsors. And for the past 10 years, Disney's been our presenting sponsor for the L.A. County Alliance for Boys and Girls Clubs Youth of the Year event. So the the program has the 20 youth go through this arduous and rigorous program in their club, and then the alliance provides a master class, usually eight sessions or so, for the youth, the 20 youth, and it's think of a of an, a higher level of of grooming and personal and professional development. And again, it goes back to the the speakers and the panelists and experiences for the kids. We've taken them to Dubit Circus. In 2017, we took 22, when there were 22 clubs, uh, all the nominees to China for 10 days, all expenses paid. And we've given every year the kids, if, um, with the last two years, we've been lacking in laptops. So if any of your listeners have a connection mm-hmm. to provide free laptops for the 20 years, that would be awesome. <laughs> Got a pitch there. And yeah. uh, we give them customized bikes that are do- donated by Dr. Rounds in San Fernando Valley. And these kids get customized bikes with locks and, and helmets and the whole bit. They have to choose the color. It's, it's really nice. And then we have this huge event, which unfortunately, due to the virus we had to cancel this year it would have been april 3rd we usually have about a thousand people in attendance and we have our sponsors and our our ceos of the clubs and their board members and we have the kids and their families and it's a free event so they can bring all of their friends and the staff and really to enjoy this moment of all this the culmination of all this hard work on these on behalf of these youth and these clubs with amazing, incredible results. And so that's really Youth of the Year, and it's two sessions of judging. There's one session where we take the 20 kids down to six, and we call them the six finalists. And then another round, which is always at ABC7, we've been fortunate to have them as such a gracious partner. And ABC7 has at their studio round two, and we have about 10 to 15 judges, and the six youth are narrowed down to the two, and it's a secret, and we we reveal at the big event. And so we had to do it virtually this year, and unfortunately we haven't been able to have the level of marketing and recognition and celebration that we normally would have. So we're trying to to make sure we we really engage the youth and are able to to honor them and their hard work. It's so disappointing. Go go yeah. finish your thought. 
Oh, I was just going to say, and so Teen Summit, last year we tied it to workforce development, and that's usually it was in the past a, a great number of youth, and we we narrowed it down. We pre-selected them. They had to have a, a purpose, clarity, and vision for wanting a, a great future, and 16 to 18 years of age, and we had about 250 youth at the Studio B at ABC7, and, and the youth had a whole day of, of uh, speed mentoring with about, I think we had 28 different industries. It was amazing and speakers and panelists and that is something that we also do surveys afterwards so we can find out how it impacted the youth, what they liked about it, how we can improve. And one of the things that was kind of interesting, Marcia, is over a third of the youth that self-identified their what industry they wanted to go into for college and, and, and what industry or company, over a third had changed their whole focus and trajectory based on that day. So it shows you the amount of impact that these kinds of these engaging opportunities for the youth have. It's pretty remarkable. And I I was looking back at some of the information, Denzel, about you. So you were the youth of the, uh, of the year in 2012, correct? Is that right? Yes. You were... You were the winner, and there were other winners besides yourself across the country, correct? Yes. Okay. So um, what did you do when you won that Youth of the Year award? Where would you go? Um, so like, uh, yeah, like uh, Mary mentioned, the Youth of the Year program, you get to compete at different uh, stages or different levels. So um, after L.A. County, uh, after your club level, you'll go to the county level, first and second round. Then you'll go to the state of California, the region, and then the national level. And so the five, uh, and at that time, five, now six, uh, regional youth years, in addition to um, being able to get a ton of scholarship money and things of that nature, um, they also have the opportunity to meet the President of the United States in the Oval Office. So I had the opportunity in 2012 uh, to meet President Obama in the Oval Office, um, in addition, uh, get thousands of dollars in college scholarships, I believe over $50,000 in college scholarships, um, you know, and just a lot of uh, other amazing things. But the most incredible part, I think, was like a, I would say a milestone um, in my journey was the day standing at the White House waiting to go in and meet President Obama. Um, it was one of those things where it's like, um, it's like my own graduation within the club, um, because I remember quickly about the idea of staying there, staring there and looking at a magazine in 2010 about the Youth of the Year program and the Youth of the Years being able to be on this magazine and meet um, the president. And now, just shortly two years later, um, that opportunity is now passed out into my hands. Um, so it's an amazing experience um, and definitely something that is constantly growing. Uh, one thing I was going to say about the Youth of the Year program, too, that um, I love and enjoy about the amazing work that Mary is doing, um, it goes to just this idea of I remember when I was uh, competing for Youth of the Year at the county level, um, it was we went through the process roughly fast, uh, not roughly fast, but went through the process, and then that was the end of it, and then we went to the next level and competed at other levels. But this year, in the last couple of years, um, they have been doing some amazing work with keep building relationships amongst these amazing youth from throughout the county and giving them opportunities to engage and interact with each other and exchange contact information and really just build those networks, build their networks so that they can be able to continue the amazing work that they're doing, but then also grow their their support system, their relationships from throughout the county with other kids and other communities. So I just truly appreciate that part, Mary. Thank you. It's it's 
relationships, connections, all of those things are vital. I'm probably more vital today than ever before because of the lifestyle that we are currently living. And you think about the children um, today and what they're going to be saying to their children 20 years from now about you aren't even going to believe what life was like when I was in elementary school. Um, it, we, who could have ever predicted this? It, but um, what, what my, my husband would have said was it is what it is and we will adapt and I, that's the engineer in him, and that's what we will do. But it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. So I just want to be clear, Denzel. So when you were that 2012 Youth of the Year, were you the, was your title actually National Youth of the Year, or were you – I'm just a little confused of the ranking. Oh, yes. So, yeah, I was one of the National Youth of the Year finalists. Yeah. I forgot to put that part out there. <laughs> That's okay, because yes. I, yeah. I, I ask a lot of questions. That's probably why I do this. But there is a fabulous picture, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post that later this afternoon, because as you are at the White House, um, there's only two sides of President Obama. You can only stand on his left side <laughs> or his right side, and then you could be standing in front of him or three over. But uh, where did you end up standing, my friend? Um, I was standing right next to the side of him. So. Yes, you were. I bet you that that must have been an out-of-body experience. Like, am I really here? I mean, you know how hard you worked. It wasn't like somebody handed you a ticket to, like, Willy Wonka. I mean, you worked for it. You didn't just get a magic ticket. But the fact that you were even there um, probably is a story that you will never forget in your life. I just pretty remarkable um so let's let's move on to a few of the other questions that i have because i have so many mary so i i think you kind of took us through the selection process so does do the do the clubs across the country i presume have the same exact process that they go through in, in in having their members selected Yes, it's a it's a standardized program across the country. However, being in LA, as you know, we we have a lot of flexibility to to shape and form the experience the way we want it to. And uh, I think that a lot of the the special sessions is the feedback that we get from the youth that they love. It's really impacted them. And we actually have a video that we'll be posting on the GreatFuturesLA.org website uh, this week from the youth for this year, the 20 youth that that were competing and how it impacted them and all of that. We had some great sessions with Keita Meggett, who's a, an amazing gal that does uh, self-defense and, and mental jiu-jitsu on, on protecting yourself and de-escalating hostile situations with bullies and things mm-hmm. like that, and the kids loved it. We had Clark Sowers, who's an amazing, he usually do cor- it does corporate uh, engagement, elevating their ability to lead and handle stress and be resilient and things like that. And he worked with our youth. He also worked with our youth uh, before they went to China so, because most of the kids had never been on a plane and got them mentally prepared. And then we did the rest by getting them physically prepared in terms of, you know, what is a TSA? What's that, what's that experience going to be like? We had some trial runs so that they weren't intimidated by anything that they encountered. And uh, we want to continue to remove any obstacles. One of the things I forgot to mention that's so important about Youth of the Years, and it's really emblematic of, of Denzel's experience, is 
these these kids have overcome major obstacles. The Youth of the Year nominees for each club every year is not only do they excel in career, you know, in career readiness, college readiness, and experience, this experience of the club and optimizing all of the programs that they offer, but they've overcome major obstacles and challenges. And uh, it's important always to remember that. So the Denzel, he was one of six, and the, and the sixth region, by the way, is the military. We have one military club that's comprised of the 20, out of the 20, and that's the Fort MacArthur and San Pedro Club. And uh, I think it's just always important to remember that the semantics are interesting with Youth of the Year. So we have our own Youth of the Year finalists. We had two co-winners from the Santa Monica and the Whittier Club, and uh, a, a boy and a girl, and they're both phenomenal. And they'll be competing for the state championship next week and uh, virtually. And so you have to think in terms of he made it to the national to be a national finalist, which is really tantamount to a winner. And those six students, those six youth that were in his group, uh, all got to go to Washington, D.C., meet Congress, talk to congressional members and their teams and about what plagues kids today and things like that. And they still do that every year. And I, I think it's a phenomenal program, and it's one that's near and dear to my heart. I can see why it would be, and I am looking at their beautiful faces right now from the Whittier Club yeah. and the Santa Monica Club. And isn't it, isn't it wonderful that the technology of today allows them to compete virtually? I, you know, whoever heard of Zoom a year ago? Well, there are probably people that absolutely heard of Zoom. But for the rest of us that are new to Zoom, it is absolutely, for me, one of the greatest things that's happened in this process of being able to connect, whether it's my Rotary Club, my chamber, my kids that are in different states, you know, to just be able to do these things. And and once you, like any learning curve, once you learn how to do it, then you do learn those skills. And it's remarkable how we're able to continue. We are not going to be be beat down by this we just have to find a new operating process for doing what it is we're doing and maybe just like you say overcoming some major obstacles in our own lives i'm not really comparing that to what your young people are doing do you have can anybody can anybody go to boys and girls clubs where they need after school assistance is is there a criteria to belong no, there isn't, and it's amazing. And and one of the things that I, I think is, really really speaks to the great work that the clubs do is that uh, many of our clubs have foster youth. Some are homeless. Some are are uh, probationary, meaning they were told to do community service and and uh, were in juvenile hall or um, in you know, had to do community service for an underage arrest or something. And one of our kids was actually a youth of the year about about four years ago. He was a youth of the year winner for L.A. County, and he had committed a, a small crime and went to was at the juvenile uh, center, and uh, the judge told him to do community service at the club. And then he got so amazed at all these kids' opportunities that they had and how much fun they had and said, I want to I wanna be a club kid member and was, and two years later ran for Youth of the Year, and then he won. 
<laughs> so it's amazing, and I think also, uh, you know, there's no criteria, and as I mentioned earlier, they won't turn any youth away. And and I and I love YMCA too. I was on the YMCA mm-hmm. board in Orange County for a few years, and I, I love YMCA. And where I grew up in Hawaii, we did not have YMCA. We didn't have Boys and Girls Club, and I think it would have been enormously different for many of my friends if we had had that and mm-hmm. to use our time more constructively to making us better citizens and better humans and just and constructive taking us off the streets and, and giving us an opportunity to thrive. So I think that there's a, a lot to be said about these incredible after-school programs because they're not only just about personal and professional development, but really do about keeping kids engaged and thriving and growing and learning and having fun the entire time they're doing it. And we do feed many of our kids during summer. We have, we provide three meals a day. The clubs provide snacks during the school year. Most of them provide supper and uh, it's, it's truly, it's truly awesome. Wow. You must have, uh, if let's say there's three or four siblings that all come you must break them down, I, I presume, by age, grade level, whatever it is, so that it's age-appropriate what they're doing. Totally. And uh, the clubs, all of them have these great teen centers. And Because it, it, you think back to when you were a teenager, did you really want to hang out with your younger sibling? Most of us not. <laughs> so it uh you know it's it's one of those things where yes they have the the middle school area and the teen area and uh they do have educational and uh and fun opportunities for the kids based on their age and they do group them together age wise so it is it's great that's wonderful if people wanted to volunteer whether they're because this is an internet show and yes we're we're in the same, you and I are neighbors practically. Um, but if people wanted to volunteer, would they? how would they go about doing that? So I would suggest that they go to the, the club that's nearest to them. And mm-hmm. some people that I know go to the club that's near their office so they could pop in after work or leave work early and go volunteer. I would suggest, <clears throat> excuse me, finding a club. And the clubs are listed on the greatfuturesla.org website under Alliance. And if you go to the far left tab, it says About Us. And then the next tab down says Our Clubs. It has a map of where our clubs are in L.A. County as well as it lists the clubs underneath. And you just click on that, and it will take you to their website to volunteer. Wonderful. I Wonderful. And I, I suspect that you wouldn't um, turn down any donations, correct? Of course. We're, it seems like the, the bane of our existence. And I know all nonprofits are always looking for money, but I have to tell you, I've, I've worked and volunteered with a lot of different nonprofits in my life. And I've, besides Meals on Wheels, this is the only nonprofit that I've ever seen where every single dollar you can account for and know that, for instance, the Alliance, every single dollar that that is raised through our Teen Summit, our Youth of the Year collab, or just in general, is divided equally among the 20 clubs, unrestricted for them to use, whether it's keeping the lights on, providing, buying new equipment, technology, computers for the kids, whatever it is that they need that money for is where it goes. And I think that that's one of the coolest things that we can attest to is the fact that you know exactly where the money's going and it's being put to great use to create fabulous citizens of tomorrow and giving kids that are underserved and uh, an opportunity that they normally would not have. It's 
great. Denzel, I, uh, you know, this should have been a two-hour show, but I think you and I are going to get together <laughs> again on a separate show. I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about the fact that you are multi-talented and that you are very involved in giving back and that you personally have your own website. And for people that want to learn more about Denzel, I'm going to spell his name for you. So it's Denzel, D-E-N-Z-E-L-L, Perry, P-E-R-R-Y dot com. And, wow, so are you writing a book? Let me guess. Yes, yes. Um, So I'm actually uh, just finished wrapping up on two projects. So one of them is called, um, I'm sorry, Just Head West, where faith meets opportunity. Um, The idea of that book is just uh, my grandmother's last name is West. And so um, when I first initially started working on that book, it was the idea. And actually one of my club staff when I was a kid gave me a notepad and a paper and told me to write my story and to tell my story and don't allow other people to tell it for me. Um, So that was something that stuck with me. And so I used to just write notes to myself and just write, keep track of everything that was going on in life. Uh, So that turned into the book, Just Head West, Where Faith Meets Opportunity. And the idea of it is just to head in a direction my grandmother paid for me, uh, where my faith and my opportunities met at a crossroad. And then the second one, which is actually something, it was a short project that I started in December and just finished wrapping up. Um, and the book essentially is called Through the Storm. And the idea of it is, is within my short uh, lifetime, um, I buried over 50 people that were close to me. And so one of the things was I wanted to try to help people um, navigate grief and navigate this new understanding of loss. Um, and so started writing a book called Through the Storm, where the idea of it is is how to help people kind of cope with loss and through tragedy during um, tragic times. Uh, so both of the, the books really drove from that idea that one of my club staff gave me, which was write your story, tell your story, and providing me with the resources to actually share my story. Um, so that was just a, that's a little bit of part of the project. Wow, that's pretty that's that's wonderful frankly and what are you what are you planning to do when do you finish your um law education with Pepperdine how much longer do you have so I actually just started this journey um oh, you this past uh, summer yes I just started so I got some ways right. to go um but definitely my goal um after I graduate would be number one is just continue to um impact my communities um so the idea of I don't know necessarily if I want to practice law um, but the idea of it was is that I wa- wanted a doctor degree, and I felt like the most powerful doctor you can have is a JD. And the reason being is because I felt like a JD could do anything a PhD and EdD can do, but with the added resort of being able to understand the law and help uh, people who are experiencing uh, legal battles. Um, so I really wanted to grow in that, grow in my understanding of um, particularly like employment law and really being able to help not only uh, myself grow, but then also help my community grow as well. Um, so after I graduate, um, I still have some things I'm trying to figure out, but the idea of it is mm-hmm. is anything that aligns back with giving back, um, not only to uh, my community, um, but overall to the Boys and Girls Clubs for everything that they've done in my life as well. Oh, that's that's a, That's beautiful. Mary, so now that we're staying at home, I really want to spend a few moments talking about, my goodness, what are these children doing today? Are you with me, Mary? Yes, sorry. Can you hear me now? Oh, sorry. Yes, I can. All of our our clubs have online programs, and so they are offering 
what they would normally have in a club, whether it be health and fitness and yoga and STEM and the arts and uh, all of these different really cool online programs. And then they also are offering mentorship to the youth so that they are ensuring that those youth are continuing their scholarship applications and applications for college and helping them with their course selection and things like that. And uh, so it's fantastic. And I think even bigger than that, many of our clubs are open serving serving or providing, I should say, child care for first responders and medical service providers and people who need it. And then all of our clubs are also providing meals and household supplies for sterilizing and things like that, sanitizing. And they are providing grab-and-go meals where they get the food donated or they purchase it with donated funds, and they have volunteers who are putting together all kinds of baskets and bags, and the cars drive up, and they hand them, and for families in need, the, the communities they serve. So the youth are learning not just from the online programs, but really, I, I think walking, you know, talking and walking the talk and all of that, it's amazing. So this is this is what really Boys and Girls Clubs are all about, serving the needs of the community and putting the kids' safety first and making sure that these youth on that trajectory all the time for learning and growing. So those that are listening that are here in this this these areas that where these 20 clubs are located, if if indeed they would like to volunteer there or donate food there, um they would be able to find out how to do that on your website, is that right? Yes. All they have to do is just click on the link to the club that they wanted to uh, connect with, and it has a contact area where they could just call the club or email. And absolutely. And if they have any issues, they can contact me. Uh, My email is mhewitt, Mary, M as in Mary, Hewitt, H-E-W-I-T-T, at begreat, B-E-G-R-E-A-T, L-A, dot org. And uh, we're always here to help and serve as best we can. I think that's really generous, and so I'm going to repeat that one more time for those of you listening. It's M. Hewitt, H-E-W-I-T-T, at B, great, L-A, dot org. That's really, that's generous of you, and I don't know why that doesn't surprise me one bit, because if there is an overarching word that we haven't really said often enough about boys and girls clubs, it's the generosity and it sounds to me is that you're you're the perfect spokesperson, Denzel, because not only did you start as a youth, but you've maintained that connection on so many levels, and people are encouraged to see, wow, he did it. Maybe I can do it. He he wait he's going he's going to law school. How did he do that? I I just and you know. I know you're not the only success story. I'm sure there are tons of success stories, but it would not be possible. You said something, Mary, at the very beginning of the show, and I went, what? You said something about um, when the first program, the first Youth of the Year national program was 125 years ago? Yes. It's been around for a long time. I had no idea I, I mean, I haven't done the research. How long have the Boys and Girls Clubs been in existence? I want to say 135 years, if I'm not wow. mistaken. To... Yeah, I mean, we have clubs in L.A., for in L.A. County, that have been around 80 years. 
So no it's yeah, it's it's amazing. It's been around for a long time. It's a phenomenal brand as well and with transformative mm-hmm. stories and impactful stories and and great programs. I think that it's the best kept secret and ever since I started this job my mission was to have, you know, to provide access and opportunity for the youth that they wouldn't normally have. And the other part of that was to uh, let the county and beyond know of the incredible brand and work of the Boys and Girls Clubs because it is, it's amazing. I've, I've never been so blown away in my life of the stories, the programs and the people, the staff, the CEOs of the clubs. It's just amazing. And it's something that it never feels like work. I've been in this job eight years now. I started in 2012 and I, I've never been bored. I've never felt, you know, that I always feel like I want to do more. I feel like if I had to just put everything on a shelf, I would and just say, this is all I'm going to focus on. And truly, it is all I focus on. <laughs> I try to have balance, but it's hard. But it's, I'm so passionate about this. I can't, I can't tell you how passionate I am about it because there are results, and it is the intention is every single day to do good and to be good and have impact and help. Well, you know what? One element that we haven't talked about, and I know we're, we're up at the top of the hour, is that so we've heard what the – what the young person has experienced. We've heard what you've experienced as a provider of all these services, but I bet we could do an entire show with parents of young people that have gone through. Oh, this absolutely. I, I absolutely. mean, really, this is a revisited. This is a revisited topic, and I would love nothing better than down the road to when we're hopefully not sequestered in our homes as long and things move forward. Um, I know that we're going to be living our lives much differently. We, we're concerned that if we get over this this element that it doesn't just resurface in July and we're back right where we started. But I would love to be able to stay connected to you, Mary, and hear what other things are happening. I know that Denzel and I have definitely spoke because we didn't even talk about the nonprofit that he also works with because he is just a giving soul. And I would imagine that he always was a giving soul. I would imagine, let me just say he, let me say you, that you've always been a giving soul, but what you did with the Boys and Girls Club just brought that to the surface so that you could not only receive but you could give. And um, I've just loved this opportunity to feature you today on this special show for me, and I hope that people listening will feel also touched and motivated and perhaps they can find a way that they can help. And I, I haven't forgotten what you said about the computers. You know, I know that, you know, in LAUSD, they provided every household student a computer and i was also told that if you had no internet that companies have come together to provide that internet to those families so that they can continue their education so there's a, a lot of generous people out there doing marvelous things and you're both to be commended for what you've done in this cause i i feel so honored that you've both joined me today truly well, thank you so much. It was an honor to, to be on your show, and thank you for all the great work you do, Marsha, bringing these kinds of opportunities to people so that we can share and hopefully engage your your 
audience. So thank you. Really appreciate You're it. Welcome. You're welcome. No, definitely. Thank you so much, Marcia, just for that opportunity, the opportunity to share my story and to share about an organization and a place, Boys and Girls Clubs, um, impact on my life and in our communities. And then thank you so much to Mary just for thinking about me and all the amazing work that you do as well. Um, I know for on behalf of every youth at the club, every club alumni, uh, we truly all appreciate it. And thank you so much. Thank you. Don't you feel the love, everybody? Okay, so go out there. Go out there We're and so share glad. that love with somebody awesome. you know. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, next week's I'm actually doing, I just want to say this really quickly. So I normally only do a show once a week. But this Friday, I'm doing a special edition show with a very good friend of mine that's a licensed marriage and family counselor. He's low, he lives in Sacramento, and he works a lot with youth. And we're going to be talking about the mental impact that this is playing on our youth today and their families. So that's going to be my Friday special show. And then Monday, next Monday, I'm actually having a doctor rejoin me, Dr. John, who was on my show in November, and he's uh, an epidemiologist. And we will be talking about where we stand today on this virus. There you have it, everybody. So go out there, make a difference. Stay safe like they used to say on Hill Street Blues. Stay safe out there. And I wish you all a wonderful day. And thank you once again for for following me and making this such a wonderful way for me to spend my life right now. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.